welcome to the Knock On KCLR and Scoreline.ie's weekly rugby podcast. We've got the full house this evening to talk rugby. Johnny Tobin from Tullow, James Blanchfield from Kilkenny and Tom Crotty from Cardo. Men, how's it going? Well, Stephen, how are you? It's all good. Very well, well, Stephen, thanks to yourself. Oh, not too bad. There was a delay there uh, getting that answer. He must be all on dodgy phone lines, but it's... Uh, I'm not talking to Tom. <laughs> The nerves, the nerves are settling in for the lads. Yeah. For, for the listeners who oh, don't yeah. know what we're talking about, there's a huge big derby on Sunday, the Provincial Towns Cup, Kilkenny and Carlo. Kilkenny hosting Carlo and Fuchstown in the quarterfinals. It's a nice little tasty derby to look forward to as well. We'll be previewing it on the show today. We'll be talking to James, of course, as well, about staying up in Division 1A. Uh, we'll talk a bit about Tullerubby as well, the ladies and men's teams, and Ireland Scotland would have a look back at that as well and how we thought the Six Nations went in general. But, uh, yeah, plenty to talk about. We'll start with you, James, as we do every week with Kilkenny. Uh, job done against Wicklow. Um, Wicklow a lot poorer, I would have uh, thought. Than, yeah, you know, I would have thought to be a bit more of a, a game in it. Yeah, look at it. Kind of... When I arrived in Carlo on, on, on Sunday, Wicklow had flags up all around the pitch and they had a bus there, a party bus and all this kind of stuff. And I don't mean to be disrespectful to them, but that kind of was a warning shot to us that these guys kind of felt they had a game won before the ball's kicked. And um, kind of feedback from the, that I'm kind of hearing along the grapevine is that they kind of wound our lads up a little bit as well. But... When we went out to the pitch, probably the first two or three minutes, Wicklow were threatening our line and just thinking, bang, we just clicked into gear. And the first gap that we got, we just broke them down under the stand on the left-hand side, playing down towards the town. And I think from then on, we just had them beaten in all departments. Um, everything we touched turned to gold. Um, our lads were super. I think Wicklow's game plan probably played into our hands a little bit as well. I, probably, I kind of feel that their game plan exceeded their team's limitations if you know what I mean and they were looking to constantly play to the wing and hit the wing and they had a couple of good wingers there and I know Johnny you were saying they were missing probably their main man as well he was off on international duty with the Irish in the 20s I think but they just constantly I, I, I believe that Wicklow played a game plan that exceeded their limitations and I think it played into our hands and it made it very easy for us to defend because the, their personnel though they were good players like Niall Earls is fantastic out half but I feel kind of maybe what was out outside him didn't that the game plan that they were trying to play just didn't suit the resources that they had, and our lads were just exceptional. Like it's 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 we can't pick one player who stood out more than another player. Everyone was everyone was super from from number one through to number twenty two that came on. Hugh Corkery was off the tee. He just launched penalties from all around the park in the first half. Granted, he was assisted by a very strong wind. He, he, the radar was on, which is the hardest part, and he clipped over a few penalties and just kept the scoreboard ticking. Um, Joe Manuel in the centre was like Joe Manuel of 2015 all over again. He was, he was picking ball. We had him kind of sitting in the backfield because we knew Wicklow were going to kick, and he won ball and had a had a lot of space to run into and sort of players. It takes a few players to stop him. Um, uh, Dave O'Connor was what was unbelievable. We were, we were missing Gary Dunn, but that's not here nor there. We were missing Connor Dempsey or Puddin. And you know what? We were, we were absolutely thrilled. We came out of Wicklow. We came out of Carlow last Sunday with a 32 points to 7 win. 
um, we exceeded all of our odds. I said it to Tom walking in and said it to Richard White walking in as well. We're not good enough here. Um, you know, I, I genuinely believe that. And I swallowed a pill after the game where I was kind of going, these guys proved me wrong. The proves an awful lot of people. I feel Kenny wrong last Sunday with how they played in Cardiff. Because every, everything we did was right. Um, we had Jake Prattley at number nine. He was on song. We had Jake, Jake McDonald without half. He was excellent. Joe and Podge in the centre, Jack Walsh. Everyone was just focused on, on, on what needed to be done last Sunday to keep us in the division. An awful lot of people are saying that it's the it's the difference between one A and one B. I don't want I, I don't think that. I think um, I think just everything that we touched last Sunday worked for us. And like Johnny and Tom were there. Um, I don't know how they feel about it, but um, our work rate was good. We were dominated. And we, we dominated the, the breakdown. Um, the referee was excellent, although albeit he was very happy to give out cards. Um, he got a lot of assistance off one of his touch judges as well, who was a little bit, shall I say, pedantic about a, a few bits and pieces. But by and large, they were very, very fair. Um, we're just delighted to come out with a win and last in the, stay in Division 1A. Um, the big thing for us now is to is, is Cup, but we also need to keep one eye on next season and try and get Kilkenny guys who are playing elsewhere back. Um, you know, there's a few, there, there's a, a large number of Kilkenny players playing in Owen Wesley, playing on, playing all around Dublin, so we need to try and get those guys back into the mix for us as well. But look, at, it's it's as a, as a whole, and I think proof, you've been hearing me all season harping on about injuries and COVID and lads not being, not being available. In the last six weeks, we've had our full, or the last five weeks, we've had all of our players available and we've proved what we can do when we have our full squad available to us. We're every bit as good as any team in 1A and with the squad that we have, when they're available, there's no reason why we shouldn't be a top four team. And if we can get a couple of players back in from outside, I don't see any reason why we couldn't be challenging for league honours next year. Now, the lessons learned, Tom Crotty, for don't bring the party bus to Fuchstown on Sunday. No. <laughs> <laughs> go in, go in with the heads down. Pretend that you're bet before he's going the gate. Don't give Kilkenny anything to go on at all. Um, uh, no, look, uh, a little bit of tongue in cheek in that as well, you know. Ah, yeah, absolutely. It did wind us up a little bit when we saw all the flags up around the pitch. And they were kind of going, okay. That's a, that's a statement. We, we, we need to answer that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever motivation works, whatever works. Um, Johnny, what do you think of the game as a neutral? Yeah, I think Kilkenny were very, very good in the first 40, but then it also took them another 26, 27 minutes to score again, where there was no score in the game. So, look, at they were really, really good in the first 40, absolutely. But Wicklow threw nothing really to offer. You know, one-off runners, easy out penalties, soft in the contact area. Everything Kilkenny were doing was, was putting a platform for him. I really actually, I think you'll find out the difference between Division 1A and 1B this Sunday. Because Carlow are a different, different level than Wicklow, I, I feel. And I actually said at the time at the gate, I actually can't believe both Carlow and Wicklow or Tullow lost to Wicklow twice this year. Yeah. Looking at them play at Kilkenny. Carlow would be much stronger in the centre of the wings. Carlo are very strong in the centre in the wing. Carlo, they're very, very strong. They're two centres. One of them, I don't know. Yeah, no. one of them. I actually think one of the best rugby players in, I'd say, in the division isn't actually able to play for Carlo because he works on the weekends, and that's Sean Quinlan. 
Sean Quillen is an outstanding rugby player. He plays in the centre for me in the college. He be a, he's a he's a game changer, and he's not even available for them. And that's that's the strength and depth Carlo have at the moment. So the young lad the crossing is look at, now. He's he's all right. Yeah, well, look, at, I, I think I think <laughs> we'll find out the difference in one A one B this Sunday. Should we preview that game now? Should we walk straight into it? Um, we're doing live commentary for anyone listening of that game on KCLR on air and online with thanks to McDonald's in Kilkenny. Uh, bring you every kick, rook, everything uh, on the day. Myself and Johnny Tobin are on duty uh, that day. Tom, um, what did you make of Kilkenny against Wicklow last weekend? As, um, as objective as you can. <laughs> oh, no, I'll be honest. I mean, this is, uh, this is I mean, this is our job for when we're on. This is to give our opinion. I thought that uh, I thought Kilkenny were a superior team from minute. James is saying about you know everything they push turn to goal, but I have an honest belief that if you're playing if you're playing well and you're focused and things are going right, you get the bounce of the ball and Kilkenny got every bounce of the ball. They made it. They made it themselves. You know, um, I thought they were very strong across the across the park. The pack were good. Um, the, that scrum half you have really, really, really good. The, the backs, backs, your kicking game was exceptional. Um, lineups were, were sturdy and very solid with uh, what you call a character there. And, you know, I think you're, uh, I think it was, I think Wicklow were outplayed in every department. I think they were actually very poor. Um, mm. And that's not taken away from Kilkenny because Kilkenny were good. Uh, you know, it's like us, what we saw. And so, like what we saw on Sunday is what we're going to be playing on on this Sunday, and uh, we'll take there's absolutely nothing you take for granted playing Kilkenny. I think we're uh, we know we're in a game. We know if we don't play well, we will lose the game. Simple as that. Uh, we have to go in and give it everything we've got. Um, such that, like we've said that you know we've we've nothing to lose. We've had a, a good season. We. Should, we know where we went wrong in certain areas. Our club is running well. We have a good panel there at the moment. Um, we would have liked to finish in the top two. We're disappointed that we didn't, uh, especially after seeing uh, mm. the game on Sunday. Sunday. We would have liked to be in that position, but we weren't. Look, uh, we weren't good enough, or we didn't. We were. We know where we went wrong during the season. Um, but as I say, Sunday it's uh, cup rugby. Um, Jesus God, I mean, whatever about Ben Kenny's home going to Folkestone is a is a huge ask, but the lads know that they have lots of fun. Um, to be honest, they didn't even need to see that game because uh, we knew we know exactly what the Kenny have, and they've an awful, they have a really solid solid team, you know, from one to fifteen, and they have a good bench as well. So James knows that it's like. Well, nobody will take it for granted, and I'm sure the same for them. Like, you can't uh, think of rugby. I think we, no. you know, we were up watching. We, like I went up to watch you against Longford, and like the message that I kind of said to you was a lot of people, and Richard White and John White, and a couple of people that he talked to occasionally, was like, "You're so athletic." Carlow are a hugely athletic team, and they have explosiveness from number the whole way across the back line there's two very good centers two absolutely electric wingers and experience for the back there who go to kick his penalties all day i'm expecting actually a, re a really close match this sunday you know I, I don't think it's it's going to be anything like what we saw last sunday between ourselves and wicklow i think it's going to be a much much a much tighter much cagier affair 
Um, like uh, coming out of after watching you against Longford, that was a game that a Carlo team two years ago would have lost. You know, um, well, I won't say two years ago because that's when I was watching, but maybe three or four years ago, that it's a game Carlo would have probably that's lost. That's when I was watching four years ago. <laughs> was it whatever anyway? But 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 uh, you know, I think that showed that Carlo have incredible resilience and. That Carroll team were bullied, absolutely bullied around the park by that Longford team. But still, always stayed. When, I think when he went two scores down, he stayed chipping away, stayed chipping away. And the resilience paid off in the last play of the game when he went over in the corner. And um, uh, We'd be very afraid of you coming down this Sunday now, to be honest. You know? yeah. It's just yeah, funny that you said um, it's cup rugby and you can't you can't judge anything. You look at both leagues, Mullingar and Dundalk, and one of them teams is guaranteed a semi final of the cup. Yeah, Dundalk, bottom of one and B or one A, are, are in a uh, a quarter final of the cup. Like yeah. it goes out the window. It's, it's cup rugby is bizarre. Dundalk and yeah. or Mullingar have been beaten comfortably by most teams in Division One B, and then they're in a, they're one of them is going to be in a semi final of the Towns Cup. Yeah, nobody would have seen even Derry beating Kildara. Yeah, well, on that, I missed that podcast the following week. But the, the out half for Kildara plays with me in the college. He popped his shoulder out of place three minutes into the game, and he's the winning and losing of a game for you. He's he's definitely worth he's a Willie Canavan of what Tullo was 10 years ago. He's worth nine to 12 points every game. Like we very, very nearly lost against Eden Derry, you know, and that's called broken. Yeah. We had to work exceptionally hard to beat Eden Derry in Eden Derry. I asked, I spoke to Wes Carter when he came off last Sunday, and I said, Jesus, Wes, that was brilliant. And he said, it was win, it was the last 20 minutes against Eden Derry, he said, that he said, that's what he puts last Sunday's win down to. Because the lads had to put their shoulders to the wheel to, to, to actually, like, the last 20 minutes was attrition where Eden Derry launched everything and we held them out. But, but Eden Derry's you know, very Eden hard Derry place is, to go, it's a long travel. I know, but they, they, they love cup, but that's cup rugby for you. Like, I mean, we've all heard of the cup classics where, Two good teams go head to head with one another, and it ends up three 0 Yeah, know, I, yeah. You know, and, well, I tell you, you uh, we're laughing about you saying Mullingar and Clondalk. I think Mullingar are very, very close to being a really good team. They're on the like, right path. They can, yeah, like they beat us in Carlo, and yeah. they beat us just. They just outplayed us. Yeah, you know, and but they're a team. Genuine, that. They genuinely have. They genuinely they have a good pack. Um, yeah. when their coach went in, a scrum uh, plays went back as scrum half. For the, yeah. You know, he changed the whole game, and and like they rose to the occasion. Like they came to Carlo, and they knew they had to win to stay up, to stay in contention, to stay up. Yeah, and they did. They turned their game at Christmas, and yeah. we were saying like, of all the teams of that level, would you like to play Mullingar again in the cup? And we said no. Oh, absolutely not. You know, we would have taken Longford and taken Navin any time over playing Mullingar. It is strange to say that one of them is going to a semi-final of a Towns Cup. Yeah, they're just, they can play really well this Sunday and the next two, three, four Sundays they're out of the picture and then they come back and upset the whole thing by beating Yee at home or something like yeah. that. Like the, if, they got that, if they got that management right where, because for the last maybe five years they haven't been good on the road, they don't feel a second, so they come one load of team. So, if, if they got that management right of filling both teams on the travel, 
I'd say there'll be a serious outfit in the next couple of years. I found almost found Mullingar to be very cyclical. That they go through a cycle of being very good, and then they lose yeah. game players, and they tip off, and then they come back and they go again. They're 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 a club that are punching way below their weight, like you ask me. Yeah. Yeah, because they have a good little catchment area there for players as well. But um, they don't, you know, they're the same sort of catchment area if the equipment are being full of more. But, yeah. um, I, just, I don't know what. But they'll be bursting. Like, regardless of what happens at Kilkenny Sunday or elsewhere, Mullingar will be bursting to get to a cup semi-final and get to a cup final. Yeah, I, think, I think Condock and Mullingar will be an interesting game. I can see yeah. I can see it actually I being. Know. I can see a lot of scores in it, but it's still being very tight. I can see a lot of scores in it because they're, they're throwing caution to win both sides are. So and their both last two games have been very very positive for them. So I think if Mullingar's defence goes as the way they defended against us, they'll be they'll definitely be Glendalough. Yeah, yeah like the, the, because the, the, they buried they buried us they buried us and actually what they did was eventually frustrated us. Yeah. Um, you that's know, that's one I found Kenny done to Wicklow very well last week. Kilkenny's yeah. defence last week was very, very good. It was very strong. And it, it just it just disrupted everything everything Wicklow were trying to do in the early stages. But that's back to my point is where Wicklow were trying to get play a game plan that exceeded their limitations, you know. Everything was to try to get out to the fringe. Yeah. It was very easy for us to defend because no disrespect to their players, they didn't have the skill set to play the game plan. Barring Niall Earls, I felt the rest of them didn't have the skill set to play the yeah. game they were trying to play. No, for sure. And I was speaking to Liam Caddy about it during the week and he said everything we done was just was just on point. Everything was on point. It was one of them days where, in defence, everything just went absolutely superb for Kilkenny. Yeah. Do you know? No, but just on Mullingar, like, the point of Mullingar, Mullingar has a lot of experience. Like, they have TC there as their coach, these players come half as well. And they have Lamecki, Vipolo, uh, the, the number eight. Now, yeah, he's had more clubs than Tiger Woods, but he's a good guy and he, he knows how to play rugby, you know, and he's probably not as fit as he used to be and as fast to get around the pitch as he used to be. But, Having a fella like those two guys in Cup Rugby TC, he's won Cups with Dundalk, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's won a league with Dundalk, he, he got them up senior. You know, they're important fellas to have in Cup Rugby. You know, they could be the difference between winning and losing, you know. Yeah, sure, well, that, yeah. that number eight had a cracking game in Carlo. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like, and he's like he is fit. Oh, yeah. He's lost his taste. But he's seriously fit. Like when we yeah. went up to Mullingar, he was out warming up. He was out warming up about an hour and a half before the game, just doing his stretching. And yeah. you know, you could see that he is. He's he's, he's managing his body because he should be in fit. Oh, yeah. you know, a lot of it goes. He's very very and smart. And the age that he is, yeah, he is. He's cute. He's playing very smart rugby. He's not going into the carries he used to go into. He's yeah, looking no. to get on a soft shoulder rather than going through a shoulder. Yeah. He's you know, an incredibly he's nice fellow. Well, ah, he's lovely. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, there was a Corey Ashburn in the other match, you know. So one of those two are going to be out of the cup as well this weekend, you know. So there's going yeah. to be a few casualties. Be all the few casualties this the league are going really well in the cup. I know, yeah. You know, you know the, the, and this is back to my point about the Dublin teams in the Leinster League, that they're the Dublin teams are probably I made a comment a few weeks ago, a few months ago on this podcast that we let the Dublin teams go back senior, the the, the, the Monkstown, the Bechters and these, and let's get it back to the old tradition of the Leinster League. Not that they're not welcome in it, but they have such an advantage over everyone else through numbers, through all of the numbers that they have 
and the money that they have behind them. And a lot of the provincial clubs can't compete with them. Um, yeah. I think we see the best of the provincial teams when it comes to cup rugby because, you know, it's cup rugby and we're playing against other provincial teams who are in the very same boat as us and who have the very same kind of resource issues as us and the very same kind of fighting the same issues that the, the Metro clubs aren't fighting, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah. So we're looking forward to it anyway, lads. Um, I'll text you through the, the team sheet there tonight, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you text well, me through. It'll, it'll well, be all there's backwards. No, there's no, no great shakes at all. Well, we're still missing our... We're missing two, two from the last day. Uh, right. both, on, both on holidays. All right. Uh Paddy Mackey, the Australian's gone on holidays. Holiday of a lifetime. He had that book way before uh Towns Cup was even spoken of. Well, he didn't he had to he'd even arrived in the country when that hadn't come into us at that stage and that <laughs> so, uh, and I'd say if he he's such a good club man, he's been an absolute stalwart in the club so far this year. Uh, just just a little legend already. Um I'd say if he had a chance, he'd probably stay and play the game. But uh <laughs> Ah, no, to be honest. But look, we're, um, ah, no, we're looking forward to it. We'll yeah. give you a nice yeah. welcome to Fookstown and um, the draws on Ash. the club after it as well. And look at whatever way it goes. Um, we know that. Look, we have a, we have, we're trying to get the bus down to get the rest down for a few points. So, I mean, that's not, we're, we're not having a party bus. They're having that, a bus to come down to as towns. As towns I, I might go home with you on it, Tom. You're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Mike, Mike leave the van in Kilkenny and get it on Monday. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, look, the good the good thing about Towns Cup is it brings people to the, your club, and it's it's not just the advantage on the pitch of having a home draw. It's the advantage to the club because it's such a phenomenal tournament. Uh, ah. There is no other. I don't sugar. No. There is no other. There is no other tournament like it in the country. No. Uh, mm-hmm. It is still and should be promoted and even given more respect because yeah. I I think going forward we need clubs need to support this tournament. It's mm-hmm. it's always been the premier tournament. Like I know everybody loves the league and you want to be doing this and you want to be doing that. But Johnny, you you went through it. Like when you won at that time. I mean, you have to say that. Yeah. Yeah, club must have been just just so ecstatic. It just it is some, something there's, there's really no special. Feeling. You know, and legends are made in cup rugby. Lads. Legends are made like when, when you win a cup, like it's 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 that cup team is remembered. Like we're doing a thing in the club this week. Where we're actually just doing a little bit of reminiscing on, on on our cup teams, winner winning and losing cup teams. But like you look back to eighty six, guys off the eighty six team are still being revered. Guys off the fifty five and fifty seven team, still Gaffney. Um, and all these guys, there's uh, Andy Henderson and Jack Nutley. They are still remembered. Like, they're still personalities in the club in Kilkenny whose names are synonymous with us. The '86 yeah. team, the O, the O, the O one and O two, or the O two, the O one and O two teams. Um, you know, it's it's. But nobody talks about the teams that won the league. They're always talking about the team that won the cup. You know. Well, that's so that's I, I said. Somebody asked me. We have a shrine in the in the club to the team that won the cup. But sure, that's right. They should be proud and they should be legends for life. They're printed on a slate. As you go in the door on the left-hand side, the women who won the Paul Flood Cup and the men who won the Towns Cup that year, the double, they're printed on two big slates up on the wall. It's it's incredible to see it. Like There's some young fellas in the club 
some lads, some lads actually won a Towns Cup with Tullo, who are here maybe only a year or two or three, won a Towns Cup with Tullo and have done something phenomenal that lads like the Red Lad and Sprock and Cody and uh, John O'Brien and all these lads who have given their life to win one, never got one, you know, and there's lads well, there's, who come in and it just turn on their head like, it used to be such an important thing. It was so revered that the, that the the medals were only given to those who were on the pitch. And yeah. those, who, if you didn't finish, whoever finished on the day got the medals. And if you had started and you came off, you didn't get your medal. Scored six and only, and only those people who actually played in the game got the medals. So if you had your five subs and you only brought home one sub, the four subs didn't get any medals. That's how important it was yeah. for it's funny, like somebody, somebody, somebody said when we got drunk to Kenny, we know what do you think the Jesus took? There's a simple fact with this is you're going to play, you have to play the best to win this. And whether you meet Kenny in a final or you meet them now, nobody ever remembers who came second. No. You only remember you when you win. Because I the only people that ever remember just laughing, the only people ever remember who came second was the lads who came second and the lads who beat Yeah. Everybody else forgot. If I said we're to you, who played the final, they won't remember. 14 and 15, you know, like they were, like, we're still hurting about losing Ashburn and Escorty two cup finals. We should have won. You know? Yeah, the Escorty you know, one, you should have won. The one we, blew, we, blew it. we blew yeah. it, you know. We blew Ashburn as well when, we, when they were down to 13 men. But, you know, we remember all of the nuance and the pain that we went through because of it. But it's funny, like, we, I remember having a conversation with Martin Dunphy and Carlo Donkeys years ago. And I said, Who's the best player you ever played against, Martin? And he said, Paddy Red McDonald at Kilkenny. But he said, Boy, geez, the best player I ever played against, never to win a Towns Cup. You know, you know, that's kind of, I know if I was to speak to the Raid, he would probably say, Geez, I would always love the Cup medal. We got a second Cup in his very last game. There's so many players out there that hurt because they haven't won one as well, you know, and feel that they, they could have won one or two. It's uh, and only a select few clubs can win it. Like there's clubs in Leinster that would kill to get into a Towns Cup semi final, yeah. quarter final, that never have been there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's an absolutely brilliant tournament. I'll never forget when we beat Port Leash in Carlow back. I think it was 2001, wasn't it? Dave Dave McMahon yeah. was brought in because Barry Daly, who had been out half for us all year, um, fractured his ankle or damaged his ankle at training at a team run the night before. The match so dave mcmahon was brought up off our seconds he clipped a penalty against the wind from the halfway line to win the match for us he's written into kenny legendary forever but as is barry daly because he 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 got us there you know um you know and so, so sometimes that's that's the harsh thing about cup rugby is you can only name 20. you know so there's a lot of people who were part of the team throughout the league and part of the cup campaign yeah who mightn't be part of the of, of the final twenty that want to win it or play be, be, be in the final squad. Yeah. Yeah. Do we? Do you we the Towns Cup? So special, we, we had four out halves. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, we'd really kind of them was first. Torboard biceps. We had. Uh, oh, that's right. Ross, yes. um, Ross Hines from Arklow who was playing with us, done his knee. Then we had Ryan O'Neill then for a short stint. Then Ryan went back out to the wing and then Willie Casper. Oh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. It's and and normally, if you put a total team on a field and you hadn't got a cannibal in our half, you'd say, All right, we're in trouble here. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Boys, lads, I need to that way for God knows how long. I'm looking forward to it. We'll, we'll, we'll abuse each other on the over the whitewash on Sunday. But um, 
you know, when when it's all said and done, uh, there's going to be a winner of it. And best of luck, hopefully it's us, whoever, whoever's in the pot for the semi-final draw. Good stuff. Well, thank, thanks for joining us on the podcast, James. Thanks, lads. And, uh, Take care. Yeah, yeah, There's no talking about me now when I'm gone. Yeah. Oh, no, not we a bit. Never talking. <laughs> Good luck. James Branchfield there from Kilkenny Rugby Club is just, uh, he's, uh, just dropped off the podcast there now. Still joined by Johnny Tobin and Tom uh, Crotty. Yeah, so well, that's the preview done. Sure, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Myself and Johnny be calling the match anyway from the sidelines, so you won't miss Straight down the middle, Tom. Straight down the middle, Tom, yeah. Every we call time. it right down the middle. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, we're first busy weekend. Well, I have anyway, because I've been and and we have I well the girls of course on Friday night I can't forget them. Uh they're playing at seven o'clock in Carlo. And uh, then we have our seconds are playing in Escorty seconds in Kilken or in in an Escorty at three o'clock on Saturday afternoon. And then we go home get a couple hours kip and we have Carlo Kilkenny Thirds are playing at twelve o'clock in Oak Park. And then I jump in the car and head down to the big game. It's just a tad busy, yeah. Tom. Jenny, you just kept going tad, to the Well, isn't it great? Look, three teams out on the one weekend. It's, it's fantastic. So, uh, Speaking of the big bus, we'll have Ruby being played. Surely is. Yeah. We'll have a big blue bus uh, or outside broadcast unit in Folkstown anyway. So you won't miss us. It's like an ice cream van. It sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, you won't be telling ice music, cream, Plenty no good cream. music there, Steve, and keeps going, Leave, you know. Absolutely. Leave, Party uh, atmosphere on the side. You know, bang on the window, <laughs> myself and Johnny would be under pressure. Um, Johnny, you have a couple of things going on at the club. Uh, Tullo lads are into the plate, and the ladies had a big win in the Paul Flood last week as well, and you're looking for a yeah. manager as well. <laughs> yeah. It's a big few weeks out here, yeah. I'm actually, I'm sitting out here in the van right now, <laughs> doing a session there earlier. Um, but yeah, the ladies, we got to them first. They had a, a very convincing win. They, they beat Pral Brigham. I think it was 60-0 at half-time. Um, so what they done then was the Tullow subs mixed in with some of the Pral Brigham girls because they were short. and They just played a game then for another 20 or 30 minutes. Um, give everyone a run out. Tullow lads playing ace here on Sunday um, in the plate. Um, big game as well, obviously, with, with Morris finishing up at the end of the year. Um, so every game now could potentially be his last one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the seconds are playing here. And I actually, I can't remember for the life of me who the seconds are playing here on Saturday. But they're playing here Saturday at three o'clock uh, in the ta- in the seconds cup. Uh, they're going quite well at the moment. Um, I think like, geez, if you look at our seconds team, Frank Murphy is on it. Aho Bloomfield is on it. Willie Cass is on it. Wow. Um, some good, Legends. good names there. Yeah. Yeah. Mixing around in the second team, but there's a good mixture of youth still there as well. A few of the 18 and a halves are up there representing the, the youth side playing with them. Uh, Jack Fitzgerald, Fia Kavna, Adam Johnson, these lads. So, um, look at it, it's, it's great to see rugby still being played in middle of March, end of March. But yeah, uh, the, the news was announced, I suppose, yesterday or the day before on social media for the club that, that we're looking for a new head coach next season. Um, you can either ring Tom Port or email the the club website at info at holorfc.com and uh, with your CV if you're interested for the job. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Morris rang me after the Towns Cup game, I was coming out of the cinema 
and told me that he was finishing up with the club and said thanks for our help and everything else over the last few years. Swear to God, it was like someone died out here. Yeah. He's well, he's well liked. He's with great oh, toast and fairness in the radio as well anytime we're looking for him. He's the most... He's <laughs> he's the most un-club man, club man you'll ever get. Like, he's from Wexford and he's just... He gives absolutely everything to this place. Like, he... um. He comes out anytime they're the eight and a halves that they want. Anytime 14s, 15s, 16s, anybody wants them, he'll come work with them. Um, he's here three nights a week and a game on a Sunday. He's always on the phone all week to try organise stuff, sort stuff out for the club. He's given back so much time and energy outside of the role of what you're expected. Um, big, big shoes to fill. The only thing I would say is that you probably have to start with a blank canvas because you won't get a you won't get another Morris. He's um he's next level, and wherever he decides to go, um they're a very very lucky club. So I suppose just from Tullow, we'd like to wish him the very best look in whatever he, the future holds for him. Absolutely. Because he's been great for us. He's uh, Marshall was a great player when he when he was over with us. You know, and he came up and played, and he gave his heart and soul to to Carlo when he was with Carlo and them and and and, and did a great job with Gia's, you know, in Tullow, and he's a damn good coach. Yeah. Absolutely, and and a, and a lovely lad to bat. So, wish him the best of luck too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, outside of his rugby, like you can have, you can get some of the best coaches in the world to coach you. But Morris is like, for me personally, I wouldn't be in a position I am coaching wise now this year if it wasn't for working with Morris five, six, seven years ago and learning off him and, and ringing him. And God, there were stages I had his head wrecked. I'd say, "What do you think about going here? What do you think about you doing this? What do you think about doing that?" And he'd always give you his opinion and he'd always give you very, very sound advice. So I'm hopefully I will stay in touch because I, I'll miss him out here. He's a big, big help out here. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good, Johnny. It's a nice nice tribute to him, obviously. A very well-liked uh, man in the club and that. And uh, like yeah. you said, whoever gets him next, he says, will be all the better for it as well. So we'll wish Morris oh, all yeah, the for best. for sure, yeah. For sure, yeah. yeah. And you can get in touch with James, or not James, with Johnny, um, or the club, um, if you're interested or you hear of, uh, or you know anyone that might be interested in that head coach role there in Tullow. Um, we're going to move on now to international stuff. We're going to have a look at uh, the highlights of the Ireland-Scotland match, lads. So, so I suppose in general, job done. Um, but England didn't do us a favour on the night, but you're... You know what do you expect? <laughs> France were were brilliant. We that that was that was a whole other different game as well. Um, but the Irish game, what do you think of it? Uh, it was all right. Where do you want to go, I, Tom? <laughs> um, I thought yeah. Well, we'll just say job done. I because to be honest, I thought we played well in parts. Um, Scotland weren't weren't particularly good either. I I don't know. I'd have issues to where we are, where we're at. I think we're developing, developing a really developing team. It's probably better that we're the way we are now, and not to have gone through, and yeah. be a, the perfect team coming with with the World Cup coming. Because every time we seem to to peak at this stage, uh, then we go make Year a ball. following, yeah, we just make a balls of it. So I think we're there. There's, I mean, there's we have. Issues with different things or scrum, our lineups, little small little issues, but I think um, I think we're getting there. Yeah, but like um, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like ten years time or twenty years time, it'll just be 
this season will be marked down as we won the triple crown. And there'll yeah. be our lads like me going, oh, I remember the year we won, it was great. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, it's a part of history you now. Um, I think we did just did the job. We really did yeah, the job. Yeah. Um, but, like, just lads, you have to look outside of us for this game especially. This Scottish camp is very, very loose. They were on a beer session before yeah. this game. They have zero respect for their coaches. They have an arrogance about them that they're brilliant when even when they get beat. Short Hog felt like they should have won this game. 26-5. How do you feel like you should have won this game? 26-24, yeah. maybe you could have an opinion. But like this is I don't know. Lots this of is discipline a complex issues. Apart from the inside yeah. out. Finn Russell's yeah, already been in trouble before for, you know, not sticking to, um, the, you know, rules. But your captain is doing it. Like, sure, yeah, yeah. the lad you look at the lead you. And yeah. he's going out on the sauce with him too. Like, yeah, it's just, you know, like, look at obviously, we don't know the ins and outs. And you're not in that level of having an opinion, I suppose, on, the, on, on, on what they do and what they don't do. But, like, in relation to a performance from Ireland, it's, it was average. They got the job done. They couldn't do any more. They got the bonus point, five points. Everything was in England's hands then to see if they won the Six Nations. But we were never going to win a Six Nations. France were never going to lose to England. No, to yeah, that's true. We should like, have beaten France. You France is tiny. You can't, yeah, you, you can't rely on France. You can't rely on, on, on between England and France to win you a Grand Slam. Or bring you, not a Grand Slam, yeah. to win you the championship. You just can't. Yeah. Just, just yeah. doesn't happen. You have to do enough um, yourself in your own games. Yeah, you know, you know, and that's look. We, I said it earlier. Uh, you know, uh, we should. We felt. We, you know, we should, we should have performed better. We didn't. So you know, we know when we went wrong. We didn't deserve to win. Yeah, then... to get to the. You know, so it's like that at internet at all levels, and this is one like we didn't do enough at, at it to win the Grand Slam or to win the championship. So. You know, oh, for sure. No, that's what we have, we have to improve. Yeah, France they showed, the... you, know, you have to laugh as well, Eddie Jones. After the game, the next time we play here, we'll be playing for the World Cup final. <laughs> Arrogance. Um, is that yeah, man on? As, as good as France were, though, as well, they did show vulnerabilities. Um, as well, they were quite nervous at the start of that England match, and they, you know, a lot of mistakes yeah, but... early on, and even against us. You know, which which is good to see as well that they're human. Um, yeah, but three years ago, the French media had them roll off as they were. Well, what think what did they call them? Uh, tight, some Waterloo or something. They call them something stupid anyway in the paper, as in an embarrassment to French rugby. Like there must often be an awful lot of pressure on them mm -hmm. to get a result every week, to stay up at that level, to represent your nation at probably your main sport, like. Mm -hmm. You know, well, the French um, are the French are a strange race, or Johnny, because they have they go out and they expect you to be the be all and end all for your club, and you have to play yeah. a weekend with you for your club, and you barely get time to scratch your backside, and you're playing international, and then they all turn on you because you're 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 not performing at international level. So and the exhausted. French just have such expectations. I mean, at least our let's get yeah, they set their standards very very high. And our lads get a break. No. Like their lads don't get a break. They're playing week in, week out. Like they'll all be finished. They'll be back out this weekend, hammering tongues. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they'll be and, and if they don't, club, play, that's it. and you know what? If they don't play well for their club, they'll be forgetting about Grand Slams. The one <laughs> they'll be giving yeah. out. 
do you know it won't matter that you won the Grand Slam because you didn't perform it's good with our lads there. Or so our lads are gone on a week's holidays or two weeks holidays yeah, yeah. The, interna- the international Conor Murray's yeah. over in Dubai he played he played what nine minutes against ten minutes against Scotland did he He's in Dubai. He's getting all too. He's getting all too. Like you know, like I said, he needs, needs the sun, Tom. Yeah, he needs the sun. <laughs> you know. Um, now I tell you, the only... this is what we're dealing with. Like, this is what you're up against. You're, you're yeah. not being minded. They're not being monitored, and then they wonder why they're failing. Like, yeah. But I felt the atmosphere you know, wasn't. I mean, they're talking about atmosphere where we were in the Stamford Grand. It was just about all right. But uh, other people who spoke to just they just didn't have the same the same buzz. I don't know what it is at the moment. Whether it's the type of supporters coming to us, like there was great buzz around the grounds. We had great crack beforehand, you know, going to the bars and having a pint outside, and all the atmosphere was leading to a great game. Then we went in, and it was like sort of the game. Oh, we've gone there, Tom. Tom's frozen on us, Johnny. Yeah, he's frozen there mid. Oh, you're back, Tom. There you are. <laughs> Playing music and statues, Tom, are you? Yeah, you can go go ahead, Tom. There, repeat your point. Uh, uh, gone again, Johnny. Oh, oh you're in and out there, Tom. He's doing robotic <laughs> movement. That's that's uh, broadcasting I'll for move you on folks. The there you are now. Tom's out in the birdhouse there. He's like that out in the island. Can you hear me now? <laughs> can you hear me now? Am I back in? <laughs> again, Tom, you were talking about the atmosphere. It was great around the grounds, but just it wasn't the same inside. No. And I'll tell you what was a little disappointing, and, and people probably shoot me for this, but after they won the, after they got presented with the trophy, and uh, the team, like, there was two young fellas, I think, what you call them, the fullback, and I can't remember who was with them, started walking around the, around the pitch. It was Hugo Keane and somebody else, I can't remember. And then followed oh, by, yeah. and then it was followed by um, who was it after that came Peter Mahoney and his daughter, and they walked the whole way around the ground and waved to everybody. Nobody else did. Johnny ran across the pitch and went to the other side, went to one corner. But the team as a whole, with the trophy, I did didn't not go run across around. the pitch. Huh? I did Johnny not run across you. the pitch. <laughs> got in trouble the last time with that Johnny <laughs> well, he's gone again uh, um, and Tom this is the old internet's getting the better of you there Tom um, it's a great photo of them though in fairness yeah it's just it's frozen for anyone you can watch if anyone that's listening to the podcast on Spotify or whatever you can watch it on YouTube as well if you want to see the visuals of Tom frozen uh, in his backyard there or wherever it is Tom Crotty available yeah I can order them there he is he's back again but um, yeah well, like no, normally like even with Leinster Tom you see that if, if Leinster win Heineken Cup match they do a lap of the pitch even just in a normal you know knockout match it's only match respect or, the people uh, who've paid their good money you know yeah, well, especially yeah. now that they do, and you looked at the twenties when the one that like had a fantastic the atmosphere. Was, the film went down. He was at both games, and he just said the atmosphere in Cork was electric, and the yeah. team went around. I know they have a lot of yeah. they have a lot of family with them and everything else, but they went around straight away. Went around and, and thanked everybody because I mean they've had phenomenal support, but you know when people are paying the money that they pay to go to the Aviva, they have to you have to remember that it is nice to walk around and. You know, shake hands and even people that people that are down the front, you know, we'll go to kids and get selfies or whatever, just make an effort. 
because we waited long enough and an awful lot of people waited. Now, I don't know if they went around afterwards, but when we were there for a good half hour after the game finished and then we said, look, come on, we'll move. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it was, yeah, and especially with the Triple Crown because they won something, so. Well, Tom, yeah. I actually have a photo, actually. I, I stayed for a good bit because myself and Sarah went and we were waiting for everyone to kind of get out before we went in the crowd with her. And um, by that stage, I think, geez, I think it was about nearly 45, 50 minutes after the game, they were starting to congregate down in that bottom corner near the uh, RTE box, not the north stand, the south stand side. Um, yeah. A lot of the players were out around there then. I think there's about, I think there's 10 or 12 of them there. James Ryan was one of them. Anyway, Andrew Porter was there. Uh, Andrew Conway and a few others that can see him in the tracksuits. But, like, it is a poor show that it takes an inexperienced... Well, you were there 45 minutes, like... Yeah. yeah, she shouldn't have to wait that long. Like, no, the young, I mean, the younger people did it. The two lads did it. And I said, uh, Peter O'Mahony just showed his glasses. You know, that he walked along the whole way with his daughter and waved mm-hmm. to everybody. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so you wouldn't expect any less just have to remember these things. No. Well, that's it, lads. I think we'll we'll wrap up the um, yeah wrap wrap up the podcast. There, it's been a best long, look on Sunday, Tom. Yes, best of luck, Tom. Thanks, Johnny. Myself and Johnny. Sure, I give you, I give you a wave. I give you a wave through the window. Self <laughs> and Johnny be cooking inside in the outside broadcast unit on Sunday. You can look at we'll be sweating we away like there. Like the ice creams in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we'll be totally non-biased to any team. Um, straight down even, the middle. Is this is this a cheap sale? But if anyone wants to bring refreshments to the KCLR booth on Sunday, they, they, they're more than welcome. We're in the big they're, blue van with KCLR written all over the side of it. So. I I'm partial to enjoy um, a ninety-nine or a twister. <laughs> Johnny getting his orders in already. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Yeah. Just there for great. anyone that's around there, you know, be a spare time. Absolutely. Lads, it's a great company as always. Tom Crotty from Carl Roby Club, Johnny Tobin from Tullow, and of course, James Blanchfield from Kelly, Kilkenny was on with us earlier. Best of luck to Kilkenny and Carlo in the Towns Cup quarterfinal on Sunday. We'll wrap it up there and we'll be back to you next week to talk about what happened. 